Welcome to Precept to Practice, another CE Impact podcast. CE Impact is a leader in pharmacy education and lifelong learning. Visit www.ceimpact.com and look for the Pharmacy Network in the App Store on your mobile device for more information. The Precept to Practice podcast is dedicated to preceptors, the individuals who volunteer their time to help students become the best practitioners they can be. We all lead busy lives, from balancing professional responsibilities to managing our personal and home lives. It's hard to find time to grow and learn. This podcast is for the professional preceptor who wants to thrive and is looking for the tips and tricks to succeed. Our goal is to help navigate precepting and help you become the best teacher and mentor you can be. Perhaps one of the greatest challenges a preceptor has is that of honestly evaluating poor student performance in a way that actually helps the student either get back on track or connect them to the help and support they need, depending on the specific performance issues or issues they're exhibiting. It sounds cold, but in experiential education, I've heard it more often than once, that sometimes you just have to fail a student for their own well-being. Those conversations can be heartbreaking, for the preceptor, for the school staff, and most importantly, for the students. Today, I'm happy to welcome two colleagues to the podcast, both of whom have done research and provided training on this difficult topic, Dr. Lisa Richter and Dr. Kate Newman. Welcome, you two. Thanks for having us. Let's see if we can tackle this topic. How about we start with just maybe a quick introduction from both of you. And as you're introducing yourself, share a little bit about why this topic, why, why have you done some work in this area and, and what's important to you about it? Absolutely, thank you. My name is Lisa Richter and I'm the Director of Experiential Outreach and Assessment and an Assistant Professor of Practice at North Dakota State University. So primarily deal with our preceptor development and um, site quality assurance. And this is a topic that comes up a lot Um, especially when we have preceptors that are contacting our office and they feel like the student's not meeting the expectations and they have concerns about the student, but even though they know that they're not meeting the expectations, the preceptors can still be very reluctant to actually evaluate the student on their assessments to indicate that. And so it's really important, this topic, to help preceptors feel comfortable with that and know what resources are available Um, and really be able to make that appropriate assessment for students. Yeah, great. Welcome, Lisa. How about you, Kate? I'm Kate Newman. I uh, serve as the Director of Experiential Education at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. And so much like Lisa, I communicate frequently with preceptors. And this topic actually sparked from a conversation that we were having because we were discussing how odd it feels, even in the experiential office, to feel like at times we have to encourage preceptors to provide a low score. And that's you know, the opposite of what we want to see happen. And so much time and training and effort and energy goes into giving, you know, how do we help students be successful? And as we should, like that is certainly a focus we want to have. And yet we find ourselves kind of sometimes having to coach or encourage preceptors to assign these poor scores, because as you mentioned in the intro, it it just, there's nothing that feels good about it. 
Yeah, yeah, that is so true. That is so true. Talk a little bit about um, some of the literature around this topic, sort of this failure to fail or the importance of failure in, in a student's learning journey, if you would, please. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Um, the, the concept of this failure to fail phenomenon is, um, and I guess I could start by defining that. And obviously, as you said, really what we're talking about is when a student is in a, on a rotation or in experiential learning, and they're just not meeting minimum competency despite all best efforts. But then the preceptor still provides a passing grade or an assessment of that student, even though they maybe haven't earned or achieved or demonstrated that level. Um, and it has been described actually with a lot of frequency in primarily nursing literature and also in the medical literature, some other health professions as well. Um, and it, it hasn't been very well studied in pharmacy, but you know, based on our collective experiences working in experiential education, I mean, we feel confident that we can say it, it's happening in pharmacy. It's not like pharmacy is unique in some way from those other fields where this isn't occurring, it's just maybe not researched in the same way. And so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of consequences to this, of course, you know, precepting those students is really difficult, but the consequences of failing to fail a student can be really immense. You know, we're talking about students who might graduate unprepared to practice, ultimately patient safety issues. Um, so I think it's one of those things that's really important to address. Um, and it, you know, it's putting us in difficult situations, but I think on some occasions we need to move forward with that. And so really the research that we kind of based our presentation on and, and what we kind of are working on is, you know, there's been some meta-analysis done, a lot of qualitative studies, trying to figure out why is it that some preceptors are not providing a failing assessment? And maybe what are some things that are helping other preceptors kind of reach that conclusion um, where others maybe are not? Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question for you. Can you talk a little bit about what those common barriers and challenges are for preceptors? I think some of them are, you know, probably fairly obvious and intuitive, but, you know, they're really in such a unique position as, as educators. And they also have this personal mentoring relationship with students so often too. So maybe you could chat a little bit about, about what some of those barriers look like for preceptors in, in real life. So great question about barriers. We identified six different barriers from the systematic review that Kate was just describing, which we feel also apply to the pharmacy profession. And so the first of those barriers is the preceptor's personal considerations. And these can be common with new preceptors. Um, they may be reluctant to engage in conflict. They might feel a personal sense of failure about the student not passing the rotation. And they might have, um, you know, they might tend to be caring individuals that generally like the student and feel like there's an emotional toll of failing the student. Another barrier we identified was the institutional culture. So lack of support from the institution or feeling like, why did the student make it this far? There's also, you know, the preceptors professional consideration. So it's much easier to just pass a student. It takes a lot less documentation, a lot less feedback, a lot less work. And so people are busy. We've got extraordinary amounts of work to do in the practice site. And so sometimes it can just be easier to push the student along and not have to deal with that failure. There's also the issue of assessment tools. I know a lot of 
of schools are switching to EPAs, for example, now. And so if preceptors aren't properly trained on those, they may have difficulty understanding what the expectations are, or how to use those tools. There's also trainee-related considerations. So you know, what is the effect on the student? What is their impact on their future career goals? And that can be difficult. And then finally, consideration of remediation options after the student fails. So what happens next to the student, um, not knowing necessarily what does that mean? Do they not graduate? You know, what are the long-term effects for that, those students? So those are the, the six main barriers that we focused on in our presentation. Yeah, those are great. And they seem very applicable to pharmacy when I think back to my own years in ex experiential education too. You know, I think a lot of times preceptors feel like they're evaluating their peers in some ways. I mean, when you talk about those early you know, preceptors who are in their earlier years in the profession, they're not that much older than the students. You know, we're fostering these new colleagues that are, you know, coming through, you know, the program and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I, the other one that resonated with me too, is I think sometimes it is easy to feel a little bit angry as to why a student progressed as far as they have. And as experiential directors, you're able to identify which students are maybe going to struggle or are more likely to struggle. And yet you have to go through the process, right? So the process is there for a reason. So those are really applicable topics or, or barriers that you talked about, Lisa. I think there's a concept that you all have talked about called enabler strategies that also come into play in this conversation. So I'm hoping that, Kate, you could talk a little bit about that for us. These often relate, I think, to, of course, the barriers that preceptors may face um, and also come from that same article. But there are kind of three mindsets, maybe you could consider it, or considerations um, that I think help a preceptor work through these difficult situations and, you know, help them come to terms with what's happening and the assessment. And so the first is really that idea of duty to patients or society or to the profession. And I think that this really helps the focus shift from how is this failure going to impact this student personally to how would not failing the student impact other people? Mm -hmm. And that kind of feeling of, you know, I have a responsibility for the health of all patients. And, you know, do I believe that this student is at a place right now where they are going to be able to take care of others? Mm -hmm. And so I think that mindset kind of helps, again, pivot the focus maybe a little bit um, and, and remember why we're doing this, right? We're not doing this because we want to harm a student. We're really doing this to make sure that we're protecting patients in the future and helping students grow. Great. Um, another is kind of that support from, it could be from the institution, meaning the you know, experiential office or the school. Um, it could also be from colleagues, maybe at your site or others who have been in similar situations. You know, nobody wants to feel like they're doing this alone. And I think right. there's this idea of questioning your judgment I hear a lot, even people say things like, well, I don't know if I gave them enough opportunities or did I give that feedback early enough, that kind of second guessing that comes. And so having someone else who's been in a similar position that makes you feel like, you know what, I am doing the right thing, kind of validating what's happening for you can be really helpful as you process as a preceptor through kind of the emotions mm -hmm. that you might go through. Um, it also can be, you know, training from, you know, about how to identify poor performance or encouraging preceptors to kind of trust, trust their perceptions. 
Um, and another piece of that is the assessment system. So being able to trust a tool for assessments can sometimes also take the focus from, I am making a judgment. This was my choice to fail a student versus saying, I'm just completing the assessment and documenting what a student is doing and it has resulted in this outcome. And so I think kind of relying on the tool, but you have to trust the tool in order to do that. And so that's that support piece. Yeah, so true, so true. Yeah, yeah. And then the third is really the like opportunities for the student. And so I think thinking, maybe you could consider this like the silver lining of it. And so again, going hand in hand with what Lisa was saying about what are the opportunities for the student. But once you've taken that barrier away and maybe there are opportunities, this is where preceptors can think about, you know, I'm really providing that support and guidance to the student to help them grow. And ultimately that will result in them hopefully being a better practitioner. And that's still the goal, even, even if the student is failing in experience. Um, but kind of finding that silver lining and, and recognizing how you're supporting the student in their growth can also be a strategy that helps preceptors process. You know, if you're a, you're a reasonably compassionate person at all, this is a really, really tough and emotional experience for, you know, a new preceptor or an experienced preceptor. And so it's, I, I like what you're saying about helping them come to peace basically with, you know, the decision that they're making about how they're going to evaluate a student and then having those processes and guardrails in place that they can sort of lean on for affirmation that, you know, that this is indeed the right path. So those are three great, I think, strategies to consider. You started to talk a little bit about the silver lining for the student. And, you know, earlier when we talked about barriers, one of the barriers is, so what does this mean for the student and the unknown of, well, now are they going to fail? Are they kicked out of school? What, you know, what happens to them next? What's some of the certainties that you can offer to preceptors as far as what's the win for the student in all of this? I mean, I think one of the big wins is really the opportunity to improve and grow. And for many, especially at this point in the curriculum, often, you know, often we're thinking about that last year of the program. You know, if they haven't been able to self-assess and recognize areas they need to improve, or maybe they haven't been able to find the ways to improve, this might be the opportunity for them to really identify, you know, if I'm going to move forward, I really need to take some time, you know, maybe a stop sign in the process to say like, well, let's wait a minute, let's pause here and really reflect and grow instead of always just focusing on like, I just got to finish, I just got to do the next thing, I got to keep moving forward. I think for some students, they do need a pause, kind of that wake up mm -hmm. call to say, you know, okay, wait a minute, we need to spend some more time and energy here. And if the other strategies we've used to help them identify that early on aren't working, this, this will, it'll at least pause things, you know, in a logistic way, likely and, and help students kind of overcome that. Yeah. And sometimes the question is, is this really for me? Or do I need to take what I've learned so far and go in a different direction, which, you know, which happens. So, well, preceptor support, I think, is critical <laughs> on this journey. And many of the things you both said have pointed to that. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what support is out there for preceptors. How do they find it? What's the best first step for them if they think they have a student who is really struggling at that level um, of performance? Yeah, great question. 
I think definitely knowing who your contact is at the School of Pharmacy, if you're precepting a student is good, the school is going to be able to help you out their experiential education department, or if you're precepting a resident, for example, to make sure that you're reaching out to the residency program director early. Um, ideally, preceptors are getting support even before they have that failing student, so they're understanding, like Kate said, the assessment procedures, they're understanding what happens if a student does fail, um, they're understanding the expectations of the school and what, um, what curriculum has already been offered for the students so that they have reasonable expectations, so making sure that that stuff is there as kind of a groundwork for, for the rotation. And then after that, if you get to the point where you do have a failing student, just trying to reach out to the school early. It's always a lot more challenging when we get preceptors that reach out on the last day of the rotation, and this is the first that we hear about any challenges. The midpoint looks fine. Um, so I would say reach out as soon as you have anything concerning. As experiential directors, we would much rather have you like over communicate with us if there are any concerns, even before they become a big concern rather than waiting till the last day or till the student has been done with the rotation for two days. And then you're having discussions about whether the student needs to fail or not. As experiential directors or a residency program director, we can really help confirm what the expectations are for that level of learner, you know, identify if there are trends in behavior and then answer questions about evaluation procedures. Additionally, like Kate mentioned, reaching out to other colleagues can be helpful just to make sure that you know, if you're reaching out to somebody that's got maybe more experience precepting to see what their experience has been and to see if they would have a similar evaluation of the student or if you're kind of way off base in the experiential ed department is willing to help with any of those as well. So just reaching out to the school or the residency program director early um, and often if needed. Yeah, yeah, great advice. That's always your first call, right, <laughs> is, is, your, is your experiential program director or your RPD. So I think that's a great, a great note for us to wrap up with. Okay, well, phew, that's not a super uplifting topic, but I think a really important one. And so I'm grateful for both of you for being willing to, to dive in there and, and make it part of the conversation. Well, thank you both for being here. I really appreciate it. And I know that our listeners will appreciate it too. Listeners, thanks for being here. Tune in next month for another episode of Preceptive Practice, and we'll be sure to explore another topic close to the heart of preceptors. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening into today's podcast. If you'd like more information on this and other related topics, check out the show notes for this episode. If you're looking for more great topics on the go, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and look for some of our recent past episodes. We've covered many topics already with great expert guests, from developing a philosophy of failure, the challenges and opportunities associated with teaching introductory learners, engaging students in the pharmacist patient care process, to many others. You're sure to find something that will support you in your journey as a preceptor. And as always, don't forget to tune in next month when we tackle another topic that will be close to your heart as a preceptor. Mm -hmm.